that God's intention, God's will, God's heart is to stand you on your feet. I believe we're living in times where people are, feel like they can't stand. They feel like the ground they're trying to stand on is shaky. Even heard the term as I was in worship tonight, you know, when you have that term when someone's in like transition, not really sure what's going on. They're like, I'm trying to find my feet. I believe that God wants us to find our feet in Him. And if we come before God on our face, I believe that He will stand us on our feet. There's an exchange that takes place when we come before Him on our face, when we come in low on our face. God wants to lift us and put us on our feet. Can I get an amen to that? That's just good news for everyone in the room. If you're feeling like you can't find your feet right now, you're in for an incredible night. Let's go to Ezekiel 1, verse 28. Uh, Ezekiel's having a vision of the Lord here, and uh, I just have to put this part in because we put the chapters in. Did you know that? We put the chapters in. So, I'm reading the end of chapter one and the start of chapter two, but just know it's the same thing happening. It doesn't finish with the end of chapter one and then another whole day starts and it's chapter two. This is the same thing, right? So like the appearance of bow that is in the cloud on the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness all around. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell on my face. Someone say, fell on my face. This is the only time it's a good time to fall on your face. All right? (laughs) You never wanna do that in the natural. It's not fun. I fell on my face and I heard the voice of one speaking. And he said to me, son of man, stand on your feet. You see this? Fell on my face. God says to him, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit came upon Ezekiel and stood him on his feet. And I heard him speaking to me, and he said to me, son of man, I send you. Why do you think he had to put him on his feet? Because you can't send someone who's on their face. How beautiful are the feet of those who are called to preach the good news of the gospel. Come on, Jesus gave us a great commission, a great commandment to go into all the world. You gotta be on your feet to go. Come on, that's just a new one, fresh one for the ones who came this morning. <laughs> Let me try and give you a little 2.0 version. So I stand on my feet and I will sing to the people of Israel to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They are and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. Ezekiel 3, 22, this is another encounter with the Lord. And the hand of the Lord was upon me there and he said to me, arise and go out into the valley and there I will speak with you. So I arose and I went out into the valley and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there like the glory that I had seen in Chiba Canal. And I fell on my face, but the spirit again entered into me and what? And set me on my feet. And he spoke to me and said to me, go shut yourself within your house. Not making a joke about anything tonight. But you can make one there if you want to. So we've seen here in the book of Ezekiel, and this is what started this whole thing for me. I've been sitting on this for at least four weeks now. That I keep seeing uh, a man of God encounter God and fall on his face. But the Spirit of God, when he comes upon him, wants to stand him on his feet. And I couldn't help but think that this is a prophetic word for a church, a prophetic word for Christians today, that if we will seek God on our face, He will stand us on our feet. Because I believe God is calling us to go. I believe that God is calling us to proclaim the gospel. I don't believe that this is a season in church history, in the world history, where saints are meant to be quiet. I believe that we're meant to be standing. 
Jesus says that I, I want to make you uh, like a city on a hill. That stands out. I want to make you like the soul of the earth. He says a light is not meant to be put on under a bed, but it is meant to be put on a stand. The light is meant to be put on a stand. So when we stand, there is a light that illuminates through us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so when the Spirit of God comes upon us, this is how we can know God's heart and intention, that if we come before Him on, his, on our face, he's, his, his goal in that exchange is to put us firmly on our feet, that we may go. That we may go in the strength of the Lord, that we may go and do what God has called us to do, that we may go and make a stand. So if we come before Him in humility on our face, He will stand us in the strength that only comes from Him. Come on, somebody. Luke 5, verse 12 to 14 in the English Standard Version. While he was in one of the cities, this is Jesus, and he came to a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face. Again, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him saying, I will. Come on. You know, you want to hear the words of the Lord, I will towards you. You, you come to God on your face, God, I'm on my face, I'm believing you for this. And he says, I will. Oh, man, those sweeter two words that you ever want to hear from the Lord. I will. Come on. I will. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Come on. I love Jesus. Man, touching an untouchable makes him clean. Come on. You know that you're called to do the same. You know you're called to do the same. Three people, you are called to do the same. What does that mean? In the Old Testament, if you touch something unclean, you became unclean. In the New Testament, when you touch something unclean, they become clean like you. Hmm, come on, Jesus. So good. All right, anyway, so he, 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 he healed him. Immediately the leprosy left him. I'm so fast right now. And he charged him to tell no one, but go. How's he gonna go, friends? He's not gonna go on his face, is he? He's gonna go standing. So he comes on his face again and he goes standing. He goes healed. He goes in the strength of the Lord. Amen. Luke 18, verse nine to 14. Uh, Jesus speaking again, he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves and were confident that they were righteous, that they were upright and in right standing with God and scorned and made nothing of all the rest of men. I've got another message coming, but God, God, does, God sees uh, holy, righteous people um, celebrating the downfall of wicked people. He actually sees that as evil in his eyes. Crazy. The Bible actually says don't do it or it could come back on you. God takes no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. His heart is that they would turn from their wicked ways. Come on, and he, he doesn't take pleasure in punishing people. Oh, the heart of God. We'll get there next week. But anyway, we'll go back. We'll go back. Uh, so he, the rest of men, he went up, um, sorry, where am I? Upright in the center of God and scorned and made fun of all the rest of men. This, this, this man has, has an issue with pride. Two men went up to the temple in, clo in closure to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took a stand and began to pray thus before with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men. Just heads up, not a good way to start praying to God. <laughs> not a good way to, to, to promote yourself in the face of God and say, God, thank you that I'm better than everyone else. All right, I'm just a just little, little tip tonight, not a good way to start praying. Uh, I, I thank you that I'm not, uh, where am I? The rest of, uh, like I'm not like the rest of men, extortioners, robbers, swindlers, unrighteous in heart and life, adulterers, or even like this tax collector here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I gain. By the way, these are biblical principles. 
He's just using it as a right standing before God. We do it because we've been made right with God. Yeah? So, uh, but this tax collector, I fast twice a week. Uh, I give tithes of all that I gain. But the tax collector, merely standing a distance, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. So what's he doing? He's coming on his face. He's coming before the Lord with with his head down on his face. He understands that he needs the mercy. He understands that he needs the grace of God. The Pharisee doesn't believe that he needs to go, come to God on his face. He believes that he can just walk straight in because of his right standing before God, his so-called self-righteous right standing, which is actually not a standing at all in the eyes of God. Self-righteousness or right standing in your own right is no standing before the Lord. And this is the great deception about self-righteousness. You think you're standing, but actually you're not. You're not standing. But here we have a tax collector who is coming in a a way, yes, it says that he's standing, but his his eyes are looking down and he's coming in a position, a posture of humility. I need grace. I need mercy. I don't have a list of things that I can bring before the God to make my, to make my, my prayer heard. I just need God. I just need God. So I'm coming before him. And here's what he says. I, I, he would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but keep striking his breast, saying, Oh God, be favorable, be gracious, be merciful to me, the especially wicked sinner that I am. Wow. This is the thing about coming before God on your face, is that you have to be completely honest about who you are. <laughs> I have to come before God, and I actually have to admit and repent and confess and actually acknowledge my inabilities as a human being, my weaknesses, the things that, I, that I'm struggling with, the, my, my, just, the, just acknowledging the fact that He's God and I am not. And He's perfect and I am not. And, and so I'm coming, to, I'm coming to a God who knows that. This is a great thing about prayer, guys. When you be transparent, transparent before the Lord, He's not shocked. He's actually stoked that you've actually figured it out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know that. That's great. I'm glad you know that now. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> but again, we're co- and, and, and why we can come on our face before God is because God is not a God that if you come towards Him on your face, that He will push you down further. Some of us see God as this big ogre in the sky that if we come in humble, He's just going to push us down even further. I want to tell you right now that that is not the heart of God. The heart of God is to pour grace out on the humble and resist the proud. God wants to be the lifter of your head. God understands, like, like I was reading through Hebrews, it's, it's just incredible that He went through what we went through. He, he understands what it's like to be a human being. He understands the, fra- the frailty of human beings. He's in the garden. I'm, I don't want to take anything away from the divinity of Jesus, but He is, he is hurting he, his, his, his mindset, he's in a human body. He's about to be crucified. We understand what the physical cost was on his body, but we have nothing, no idea of what the weight of the, of the entire world's sin is upon a human person. I mean, that's incredible. And he's in the garden and he's saying, God, not my will, but your will. And he's wrestling with it. He's coming in on his face and it says that God sends angels to strengthen him. So even Jesus is coming before, even though Jesus is God, is coming before the Father on His face in humility. I need help. I need your strength. I'm about to go through the cross. 
I'm about to go through the cross in a human body. I'm going to feel every, every whip. I'm going to feel every nail. I'm going to feel my, my disciples saying, we don't even know who that guy is. People are going to mock me. I'm going to be hung naked for everyone to see. I'm going to be shamed. And he comes before on his face before the Lord, and the Lord sends angels to minister and strengthen him. And then he endures the cross. Come on. So good. Where am I? How do I get onto this? So, so it matters how we come to God. It matters how we come to God. We've seen in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there is a way. Now, I don't want to be a legalist, and I, and I know we're in relationship with God, but there is a principle of how we're to approach God, and it's always on our face. It's always on our face. It's always in humility. It's always acknowledging our need for God. It's always saying, God, your ways are higher than mine. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't understand it all, but I know I need you. Like I said the other week, our goal as a Christian is to become needy. <laughs> needy, as in I need Jesus. There is no time in, in your Christianity where, where you graduate Jesus and you no longer need Him. The day that you get that thought in your head, friend, is the day that you are not walking on solid ground. That is the day when you start to shift your faith, your hope, your right standing. You become like a Pharisee. And you begin to think that by your own effort and your own strength, you've become right before the Lord. We come to God on our face because He wants to set us up on our feet. Can I get an amen tonight? It matters. It matters how we come before God. I don't know, but the most bold and courageous people that I've ever met in my life are the most humble people that you've ever seen. They're the ones that spend time with God behind closed doors. They're the ones that have sought God on their knees. And their public stand is actually a reflection of what they've been doing behind closed doors. And this is really important for us to know, church, tonight, because there are a lot of people that are making a stand. But you have to understand, you can't make a stand unless you've been on your face. Your stand will never last. A, a, a little bit of, of hype and motivation and everyone else standing with you may cause you to stand for a season. But if you want to live a life that continually stands for Jesus, you're going to have to live a life that is continually coming before Him on your face. Because it's very easy. We could even use church as an example. It's very easy for me to proclaim Jesus and that He's the only way and that I love Jesus and I can sing at the top of my lungs. But what am I like outside of church? Because what that shows me is that I can stand when others stand but when it comes to the day when I'm meant to stand, if I haven't spent time on my face before the Lord, I haven't received grace and strength to stand. But God's heart and passion for every single one of us is for us all to be in a place where we are standing in the strength and grace that comes from God. And the only way we're going to get it and the only way we're going to be um, powerful as a church, the only way that we're going to see revival, the only way we're going to see our nation come to know Jesus is if a people understand that we must seek God on our face so that we can stand on our feet. Amen. Whew. So a lot of us right now are trying to stand on our perceived strength. We're trying to find strength in all these different areas. We're trying to find strength by just getting together with people who think the same that we think. We're trying to, we're trying to find strength in people who agree with our opinions. We're trying to find strength in, in a motivational speaker. We're trying to find strength in all these other ways but strength comes from the Lord. 
Strength comes from the Lord. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a few things in my life, hopefully you've noticed, that I'm super strong in. And it's because I've come to a place where I've humbled myself before the Lord and said, God, I don't understand this. I don't get this, but I see it in your word and I seek the Lord on my knees so that when I get before people, I can stand on my feet. That's what God wants us to do. You're going to be strong and bold in the things that you have sought the Lord on your face for. When you've humbled yourself and said, God, I don't understand. I don't get it. I remember having an, having a, had an altercation with the Lord that I, I was so upset that I'd never seen anyone healed. He said to me, Corey, you've never prayed for a sick person. Now talk about a humbling moment. Now what did I do with that? I went home. God, I repent. I'm sorry for getting frustrated at you and not taking you at your word. And so I have a moment right now where I can actually seek the Lord on my face. God, I can see it in your word. I can see that it's your will to heal. I just read about the leper. You will to heal people. Everyone who came to you, you healed them. So then I, I go on my knees and I seek God. I say, God, I don't understand. And, and I've prayed for people when they haven't got healed. And, and, and what about my nana? And, and what about this person? And, 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 and I pray for this person. I really thought they were going to get healed and they didn't get healed. I have to humble myself. I come in low. My other option is I stand up in self-righteousness and say, well, God, if that was true, you would have healed so-and-so. No, no, I'd rather come back on my face. I'd rather come back on my face and say, God, I understand that you are our healer. So I'll keep pressing in. I'll keep praying for the sick. I'll keep laying hands because you said that you heal all our diseases and all our infirmities. It says that by your stripes, we are healed, not we're going to be healed or we may be healed. We are healed. Come on. Now, now, now I speak that boldly not because I just got that today. If you know me, you know I believe that it's God's will to heal everyone. Now, that may not be your thing, and that's fine. But that's something that I've sought the Lord on my knees on, which makes me bold in public to say Jesus is willing to heal every person. You see how this works? I'm just using healing as a, as a, as a, as a thing. You could, you could be on your knees and just, man, Jesus is the only way to salvation. Now, you could hear someone else say that, but you could seek the Lord and say, no, Jesus is the way, the truth. And the life. And then all of a sudden you get in a group set and they're like, man, I, I don't think you actually have to know Jesus. I think you just got to like, you know, just be good. Just do good stuff. And everyone else in the circle is like, yeah, well, yeah, man, my, like your truth, my truth, yeah, good. No, but there might be something that rises up in you because you've been on your face before the Lord. And you're like, actually, I love you so much, friend, that I got to tell you right now, Jesus Christ is the only way to be saved. Wow. You'll be surprised at what that boldness and strength will do in that circle of friends. Some may say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Why are you so bold? Why do you believe it so strongly? You can, you can tell them why. Other people will be super offended and upset with you, probably defriend you, like people did with me when I said Die Hard wasn't a Christmas movie. Now, I wasn't prepared to stand that strongly on that. I lost some friends. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm gone. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so we got a fan. We got. Sorry, there's a there's an opinion there trying to shut me down. It's a, don't don't upset the sound people. Sorry, Marcus, I apologize. Anyway, that's good. That's true. It's got me back on track. Let's go. All right, let's go to one Peter verse five six. Uh, new uh, trans, translation. What is it? Passion translation. 
In the same way, the younger ones should willingly support the leadership of the elders. That's me now. I'm 36. <laughs> Joking. In every relationship, each of you must wrap around yourself an apron of a what? A humble servant. Come on. Because God resists you when you are proud. God resists you when you are proud. God resists you. Now, friend, you never want to be in a place where God's resisting you. And let me tell you right now, it's not God's heart to resist you. He who sent his own son, he who didn't even spare his own son, how much more will he give us the Holy Spirit? Come on, God, God is not playing hard to get. God doesn't send his one and only son to die for humanity, to make a way for everyone, and then say, I'm going to make it really hard for you guys to get through this. Are you with me? God resists you when you're proud, but he multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the timing in his hands. So what are we going after here? We're going in low. When I say low, I'm talking about humility. I'm going in low. What am I doing? I'm, I'm acknowledging my need, my desire for the Lord. I am, I am acknowledging my inability as a human being to do anything outside of God. That's called going in low. God, I need you to preach tonight. God, I need you to have a healthy marriage. God, I need you to be a good father. I need your ability. I need the grace of God. I can't afford to live a day where I am being resisted because I'm trying to stand on my own strength. This is why the Bible says not to frustrate the grace of God or nullify the grace of God. But when we're proud, God resists us. Now, now why? Please hear the heart of God. He resists us because if He was to pour His grace upon us in this position before we've had this position, we're going to think that it's us. And that's not good for anyone, especially you and me. No one likes someone on a power trip. It is, there is an abuse of power. There is an abuse of authority. There is a promoting of oneself above the rest, as we've seen of the Pharisee. I thank you I'm not like other people. I'm a good person. <laughs> I came here twice this Sunday. Right, sorry. <laughs> Come on. <it's, laughs> Paul's been here all day. If anyone's going to stand tonight, it's Paul. <laughs> but what, what, he, he doesn't want us to fall. He doesn't want us to get into pride and have a fall. But God will do it for us because the best place we can ever be is on our face before the Lord. Now, please just go with me mental picture right now. If I am on my face before the Lord, there's not very far for me to fall. I'm already there. If I'm to get puffed up in this position, there's everything to lose. And as I said to this morning, unfortunately in church history, we have had people who have sought the Lord on their face, been given favor and grace and anointing, and then have left the position of going back on their face and begin to stand in this, and all of a sudden there is a great failure or a great falling away. So we need to understand that the, the higher God lifts us, the more this has to be our lifestyle. The more God exalts a person, gives them authority and strength and understanding and revelation. This is actually really fascinating that 
that Paul had a thorn in his flesh, and he asked God to remove it, and God said no, and it was because of the, 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 the level of revelation he was receiving, it was actually there to keep him humble. Now, it's not because God can't heal sickness, it was given to him. Because he was getting that kind of crazy revelation. He was actually learning directly from Jesus himself, if you read the Bible. And so he had a thorn in his flesh, which, which actually stopped him being puffed up in pride. Now, if you've ever read the Bible, and read most of it is written by Paul, he's just on another, like, oh my goodness. And he asked the Lord, sought the Lord to take it. He says, my grace is sufficient. What does that mean? Paul, this is going to bring you low. This is going to bring you low, but my grace is going to lift you up. Wow. That's just a little bit of revelation for you tonight. So the higher God takes you, the more favor, the more success, the more breakthrough, the more fruit that you seem to get, please know it is God's heart to bring you into that position. That's where God wants to take you. But our responsibility is not for us to take ourselves there. Our responsibility is to remain on our face before Him. What does that look like, Corey? Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God. I know this is not by my ability. It's you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. It's new every single day. Thank you today that, God, there's nothing I can do on my own ability, but it's all going to be you. And I thank you that you want me to stand. I thank you that you actually want to lift me and set my feet upon a rock. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so grateful. Gratefulness is an incredible key to stay humble. Grateful for this church. Grateful for this job. Grateful for my friends. Grateful for my family. I'm grateful to live in Queenstown. Just gratefulness just before the Lord actually keeps us on our face. It keeps us low. You with me tonight? If we bow low, God will lift us high. And there will never be an issue of pride because we never took ourselves there. Amen? The higher God seems to take us, the lower we need to go. Psalms 3.3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Please, again, hear the heart tonight. This is not about uh, preaching to prideful, arrogant people. This is about being strengthened in the Lord. That if we would seek the Lord on our face, He will make us strong to stand. Amen? You, O Lord, are shared about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. <laughs> Talked about this again. A lot of us know the last part of the Scripture, but the first part is a really good insight. For this reason, I what? I bow my knees before the Father, whom from every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant to you to be what? Strengthened with power through His Spirit. In your inner being, what do we see with Ezekiel? Falls on his face, the Spirit of God comes into him, and he stands on his feet. Come on. This is what God wants to do in every single one of us. He wants to take us from our face to our feet. Come on. Uh, Strengthen the power of the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength, again, strength, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him, again, this is what we've always heard, now to Him who is able to do more abundantly than what we ask or think according to the power at work within us, 
To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So be it. Come on. That's incredible. But how did Paul get there? How did the writer of Ephesians get there? For this reason, I bow my knees. I come before the Lord on my face. And then I experience the incredible riches of the strength of God towards me. Amen. Let's go to, uh, mm, yeah, should I say that? I shouldn't say that. Usually before there's a great lifting, there is a low humbling. Usually before there is a great lifting, there is a low humbling. My dad always used to say this thing to me, it really annoyed me. He said that Christ is a rock. He said either you throw yourself on him or he gets thrown on you. He says either way, Corey, you're going to get crushed. I was like, Dad, this doesn't sound like God. The more I read the, <laughs> read the Word of God, I think he was right. <laughs> I should really text him and say, God, Dad, I think you were right. But we get to choose. We can either humble ourselves before the Lord or God will humble us. And why? Again, his heart, his heart, his heart, his heart is to lift us. He can't lift us. He resists us when we're proud, but he gives grace to us when we're humble. God wants to pour his grace upon us. So we can choose to humble ourselves before the Lord. Or we can choose to be humbled by the Lord. Because either way, God wants to lift us up. Amen. Come on, you got to see God's heart in that. Don't think, man, God, why would God do that? No, God wants to lift you high, and He can't do that if you're already high in yourself. So what we're going to understand about when we come before the Lord in our face, He wants to put us on our feet. We have to understand that there's an exchange that takes place when we come to God. Again, I just want to just want to re reiterate that if we come to God on our face and we leave on our face, we haven't understood the assignment. If I come to the Lord in humility and I don't leave on my feet, but I come out worse, I've missed the heart of God. You know, many people I know that have stopped praying because they go before God low and they come out even lower. And I don't mean lower as in God made them lower. I mean you got caught up in you came out even more condemned than when you went in, you forgot to exchange what you had and take what God had for you. What does that mean, Corey? Well, I want to go in with my anxiety and my fear and my worry and my concern, and I want to come out standing in the peace of Jesus. That's, my, that's why I'm going in for the first place. That's why I'm coming in low. What, why I'm coming in low. God, I need you. I feel anxious. I'm really worried about this. It's out of my control. I don't understand what's going on. It's freaking me out. I'm fearful. I'm worried. I don't know how this is going to pan out. What about my family? What about this? What about that? I'm, I'm genuinely freaking out. Now, I'm going to the Lord freaking out on my face with the understanding that I'm going to leave that with God, and He's going to exchange it for something else, and when the Spirit of God comes on me, I'm going to come out on my feet. That's how you should feel every time you come before the Lord. Now, now, external circumstances might not even change, but you'll come out in a strength that you never knew you had. And all of a sudden, this situation was so overwhelming, but now when you stand in the strength of God, it's like, oh no, this, I, can, I can deal with this. God's with me. God's standing with me. I can, I can handle this. Does this make sense? Because so many people say, I go before the Lord and they come out even worse. I'm like, if you do it right, <laughs> please hear my heart if we go in with the thought of exchanging we see this all through the Bible he gives us beauty for what? ashes he gives us joy for 
Come on, the lost get found, the sick get healed. There's always an exchange when it comes to Jesus. So we're coming before God and there's not an exchange taking place. We have missed the heart of God for why we're going in there. God does not want you coming out still on your face. When the Spirit of the God came upon Ezekiel, he stood up. Come on, that's a word for someone. All right, let's go to Acts 2 and we're going to wrap this up. Acts 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing through the house from out of the heavenly ground. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues. Empowered. Again, what are we seeing here? What's the Spirit bringing? Empowerment. Empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now, at the time, there were Jewish worshippers who had immigrated from different lands to live in Jerusalem. When the people of the city heard the roaring sound, crowds came running. Talk about an advertising campaign for church. Cool little story. There's a couple that came this morning. They go on holiday all the time. They never go to church on their holiday. They both had a dream to come to City Impact Church. And I said, I will thank the Lord for his advertising. How amazing is that? God's telling people to come here. I mean, I know that sounds silly, but that's really cool. That's really cool. They've never been here before. The, the lady even had a dream that there would be some guy speaking with a beard. And everything we talked about this morning was confirmation of what they're going through. I was like, that's incredible. Thank you, God. You know, I know we're advertising on Facebook, but it's always good when the Lord says, hey, go. <laughs> so maybe we're coming low. Maybe we're praying for this stuff. Maybe we're just, no, sorry. Could be. Could be that we're praying every Wednesday for God, for our city, for our nation. Makes sense that people would come, not because of us, but because we're praying and coming in low. God, we want to reach people. We want to love the community. Would you send people in? It's incredible when you start seeing that happen. And because we're seeing it happen, guess what? We'll be straight back on our face. Not next Wednesday because we're not here. But we'll come back on our face next year. <laughs> no, please do it in your own time. All right. Here we go. Okay, what's happened? The Holy Spirit's come, right? Crowds came running. They're stunned over what's happening because each one could hear the disciples speaking in his or her own language. Bewildered, they said to one another, aren't these all Galileans? So how is it that we hear them speaking in our own languages? And I'm going to miss all this part out. Uh, but I do want to mention Cyrene, visitors from all over the Roman Empire, both Jews and com converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. Yet we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished. I'm longing for these days where people walk into this place and are just dumbfounded. What is happening here? This is incredible. I don't know what's happening. I'm not sure if I should mock them or join them, but I'm just completely dumbfounded. There's something happening here and I don't know what's going on, but it's God. And I can hear the, the, the testimonies of God's goodness. Oh, come on, Jesus. That sounds like revival. Yeah, we hear them speaking of God's mighty wonders in our own dialects. They all stood there dumbfounded and astonished, saying to one another, what is this phenomenon? But others poked fun at them and said they're just drunk on new wine. And Peter stood up with the 11. Did you hear that? Peter what? Come on, Peter. You mean the same Peter that denied Jesus to a servant girl? That Peter? The Peter who said, hey, I'm out. I'm going back fishing. Ministry didn't work out. <laughs> I kind of denied the Messiah. Don't know if you've seen me do it three times. You know, once I could have gotten over, but three times in this chicken 
laughed at me, mocked me, crowed at me. That's when I knew I'd messed up. <laughs> this same Peter stood up in front of a mocking crowd. In front of a mocking crowd. Guys, not in front of a church service where everyone's like, yeah, we love Jesus. No, in front of a mocking crowd from people from all different nations. Some are saying, you guys are just drugs. Other people are like, I've got no idea what's going on. And Peter stood up. The Holy Spirit came upon a coward and he stood up. Why, friend? Why? Because they were seeking God on their face in an upper room. They were praying. Jesus says, just wait. Don't go anywhere. Just wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. Just wait, just wait, just wait. Now, if you want to know what humility looks like, try waiting on God. Whew. You want to know what humility looks like, try waiting on God. When everything is out of your control and it's on God's timetable. Now, that's humility. God, I trust you. I love you. I worship you. You're a good God. You've got a plan for my life, even though it seems like there's no plans. I trust you. I love you. I worship you. I choose to honor you. I choose to worship you in the midst of confusion. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's what humility looks like. I'm coming down on my face. God, this is how I want it to go, but this is how it's going. But I love you. I give my life to you. I continue to worship you. I'm coming in low. And guess what's coming? The lift from face to feet, from face to feet. God's going to come upon Every single one of us, amen? God's heart is to lift us from our face to our feet. Come on, I feel like I could prophesy right now. This is what God wants to do in this church. This is what He wants to do in your life. He wants to make you stand. He wants you to come before His face so I can say, Son, now it's time to stand. Now it's time to declare. Now it's time to prophesy. Now it's time to believe. Now it's time to step out in faith. Come on, daughter of God. Today's the day that you need to stand. Today's the day you need to stand. I know that you've sought me on your face and my grace is abounding towards you. Would you stand in my strength? Would you begin to stand for other people? Would you begin to intercede? Would you begin to stand and believe me for actually what's written in my word? Will you give my son what he paid for upon the cross? Will you stand for me? And I can tell you right now that every single son and daughter that have sought the Lord on his face will say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Unfortunately, all the ones who haven't sought the Lord, all the ones who are too prideful to get on their face before the Lord, will have no strength to stand in that day. Because God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. If you notice all the people Jesus used was so, was so lowly, even Paul says it. He says, have a look around, guys. So many of us here that are really wise. Come on, we're fishermen. We're builders. We're chefs. We're waitresses. We're just normal people that have humbled ourselves before God. And God has lifted us up that no flesh may boast in His presence. But we could all just say, by the grace of God, I am who I am. By the grace of God, I do what I do. That's what Paul declared. I love how Paul says that Jesus saved me. I'm the chief sinner. You know, he wasn't gloating that he, that how sinful he was. He was, what, you know what he was saying? Guys, if Jesus can forgive me, he can forgive anyone. He says, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self-righteous Pharisee. I killed people. 
They put people in jail. I was there when they stoned Stephen. I said, go ahead, lads. Here's a couple rocks. He says, if Jesus can save me, he can save you. Amazing, the humility of the man. He understood that if I go low before the Lord, he'll lift me up. Amen? All right. Praise God. So we see God doing this in Ezekiel. We see this God doing this in Gideon. We see God doing this in Moses. Moses sees a burning bush. What happens? Freaks out, falls on his face, takes off his sandals, his holy ground. What does the Lord say to him after that? Moses, get up. Go. Stand up. Go to Pharaoh. Tell him, let my people go. And then Moses had a little bit of false humility here. But God, I can't speak. Moses, stop making it about you. I told you I'm going to send you. Told you I'm going to send you. But, but if I go, who should I say sent me? I am. <laughs> okay. Again, Moses is trying to get out of this one. There's a difference between humility and false humility. Humility when God speaks is saying yes. False humility is saying, but I'm not good enough. You never got called because you were good enough. You never got called because you were good enough. God chose you. Why? Because you humbled yourself. God, who am I? Who am I? That you would choose me. Who am I that you would send me? He's saying you're my son. And because you've come to me before me on your face, my heart is to now stand you on your feet. Wow. You can go all through the Bible and see the same principle all the way through. All the way through. God empowered a people on their face to stand up. Amen? God, humility is coming to God in weakness and experiencing God in all His strength. Humility is coming to God in weakness and experiencing God in all His strength. Amen? Three quick things. And uh, if I could have the band, that'd be great. I'm going to try and finish really quickly. Three quick things that you can do today, literally today, tonight, tomorrow morning, that will help you come to the Lord on your face. Number one, prayer. Prayer is a very humbling exercise. Anyone prayed lately? It's a very humbling exercise. You come before the Lord. You be open and honest before Him. Jesus even gives us directions in this. He says, don't be like the Pharisees who like long prayers, who like to pray on a street corner. I say, when you pray, I want you to go into your room, close the door. I don't want anyone else to see it. Why? Because that's when it's humble. Humility is doing things when no one else is looking. Humility is a lifestyle seeking the Lord on our face before the Lord when no one else is looking. Praying out loud in front of a church is not humility. Doesn't mean it's not required, but it is not humility. It is a public stand of what hopefully we did behind closed doors during the week. Yep. Worship is humble when it is done when no one else is looking. This worship set is the overflow or is the standing of the on-the-face seeking that should be happening during the week. Preaching is just a public stand of what I have been preparing my heart before the Lord 
during the week. I come in low or else I've got no hope of standing. This is a Christian life. Any stand you, you, you want to make, any stand that God is requiring of you, I can tell you right now, it's always gonna be the same. You're gonna have to go to Him on your face. We can do that through prayer behind closed doors. We can do it through worship. What does worship look like? Worship is not four songs on a Sunday service. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is, God, everything I am, I do to you. The Bible even says that even, even what your hands find to do, do it unto the Lord. That's worship. So I, I, I could be a carpenter, and I can just be worshiping God by my skill, by my gifting, and I'm just like, man, I'm just an incredible builder because God gave me this gift, and God gave me this talent, and I'm going to build for Jesus. Now, come on, if you think about starting a building company, I just gave you an incredible name and a slogan, Building for Jesus. <laughs> Glory builders, we'll call it. Come on, I don't know, maybe you're a barista. Maybe you make coffee at McDonald's. Do it unto the Lord. Do it as an offering to Him. God, thank you that I even have the ability to make coffee. Thank you, God, I got breath in my bones and lungs, bones. Don't quote me on that. Just thank you, God. Come on, it's all for you. Maybe you're doing a spreadsheet. God, this is for you. And it would be for, if I was doing a spreadsheet, it would be for the Lord. I'll tell you that right now. It would be a sweet-smelling, frustrating offering from me. But you do everything unto the Lord. That's worship. You just constantly just, God, this is for you. I'm parenting my kids. God, this is for you. I'm loving my wife. God, this is for you. Come on, I'm skateboarding. God, this is for you. Come on, I'm out walking in a track. I'm up in a mountain somewhere. I'm admiring creation. God, this is for you. This is all yours. That's beautiful. That's coming to the Lord on your face. So prayer, worship, and the third one is the Word. The Word of God. If I am reading the Word, it's because I am hungry and I want to know who God is. I don't want to make a God up in my own image. I want to know Him for who He is. What I'm saying when I read the Word is saying, God, I have my idea of how I should live, but I want to live according to what you say. So again, I'm coming to the Lord on my face. I don't understand it. God, it's saying some stuff in here that's not lining up with how I'm living right now. What do I do? Do I humble myself on my face and say, God, give me strength? Or do I just say, no, I'm good. Those three things right there, so basic, but these are the foundations of the Christian life. Prayer, worship, Bible. Prayer, worship, Bible. Prayer, worship, Bible. If you can stay consistent in those three things and seek God with a humble heart, reading the Word with a humble heart, worshiping God with a humble heart, praying with a humble heart, God will be the lifter of your head. He will take you from the miry clay and set your feet upon the rock, which is Christ and Christ alone. And no matter what comes in your life, you'll be like the house that was built on a rock, not on sand. Because both look like they're standing until there's a storm. All of a sudden, one gets washed away and the other one's just like, yeah. I just got to think of Braveheart yelling freedom, you know. Come on, you can stand against adversity. You can stand in the midst of seasons and trials because you have sought the Lord on your face, but now you can stand upon the foundation that cannot be moved. If we haven't got it that way, we're not actually standing. We're just on a slippery, sandy slope. And when the waves come, the foundation's gone. And it's just great. There's the fall of that house. But I don't believe that for you. I believe that you are people who seek the Lord on your face. Amen. And we're seeking Him because He wants to make us stand. So God, we thank You.
for your word tonight. Thank you for every single person here. God, I pray that we are so enriched and we are so encouraged. Lord, that your heart is to be the lifter of our face. You want us to get from our face to our feet. God, we see it all through Scripture. You've come to empower your people. So God, we come in low tonight. Lord, even as a church, we come in low. We come in on our face. We acknowledge our need for you. We acknowledge our great desire for you. That unless you build the house, the builders labor in vain. We need you, Lord. Even in the service tonight, we need you. We want you. We humble ourselves before you. And we thank you for the outpouring of your extravagant grace that causes the weak to stand. In your mighty name we pray. One of every head is bowed, every eye is closed in this place. And you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As I've said tonight, I've already said it, I'll say it again. Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only way to be saved. He's the only way to heaven. His name is Jesus. He came over 2,000 years ago, died on a cross for you. Don't believe the lie that there's another way. It's not about good works. It's not about your own righteousness. The Bible says that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen into sin. Whether we believe that we're a good person or a bad person, we are born into a sinful nature. We need to be born again. We need Jesus to wash us and cleanse us. And God is not asking you to jump through hoops. He's asking you to come on your face before Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. Save me. Come on, it's a very humble thing to get to a place in your life where you understand that you need saved. Every single one of us in this room have already made the decision. We got to that place. Unfortunately in life, sometimes it takes a tragedy or a rock bottom moment for us to actually realize we need Jesus. But I wanna tell you, wisdom tonight is knowing now. You don't have to hit rock bottom before you come to know Jesus. You can choose to come before Him on your face and say, God, I need you.